Welcome in a new episode of the Claire Chiron Show. Today, I am so excited to welcome Nicole Buratti. So, Nicole Buratti is a special guest because she is a global sex influencer. She is the editor in chief of Sex Talk magazine author of the Gemma Method, Sex for the Modern Woman, I have definitely questions about this, and the host of two podcasts, The Sex Talk with Nicole, and soon to be released and super intriguing Between the Sheets. So Nicole, I am very excited to have this delightful conversation with you today. Welcome on the show. Thank you so much, Claire, for inviting me to be here today. I'm so excited to talk with you about all the things, women's sex. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and I I can't wait to hear about everything. And first, I am sure that we all would love to know what is your story and most of all, how did you come to teach women how to handle their and appropriate their own body through sexuality? So it's a long story. I will keep it short and brief, but I have always had an interest in women's empowerment before empowerment and women's empowerment were um, buzzwords. You know, we hear a lot about empowerment, but since I was a young child, I always felt the need to have women uplifted and on a pedestal and, you know, improving their body image and their self-worth and their confidence. And I really believe that the root of all of that lies in the pelvis. And so what does the pelvis do for our body? It lifts us up. It is sexual. It births children and all of the other things. But those three things have always been really important to me. So literally posture and holding up the head, if you will, and then childbirth. I worked in childbirth for a very long time, about 10 years, and then um, the sexual aspect. And so I work to bring all of those things together to teach women how to be sexy. Yeah. And by the way, the pelvis, this is a great topic I would love to talk to you with you about because this is actually a practice I have been uh, doing for three years now and in a whole uh, manifestation way, actually. The goal was to use my sexual energy and use this creative energy in order to manifest. And um, so I would uh, love to know uh, more about this. And if if we can jump in right now, are you okay? (laughs) Yes, I'm ready. Yeah, Yeah. super cool. Okay, so I have a juicy question for you. Uh, As you know, I am really into using the law of attraction. And so you are too. And we talked about before that there is a big difference between the ways men manifest and women manifest as well. Men are much more in uh, much more visual with their mind and women are pure emotional human beings. And can you tell us 
what is uh, the difference between these both human beings and how they can use their body in order to maximize their own capacities. And so my main question is how um, you can, how do you teach women to use their pelvis in a good way that serves them in order to activate their feminine energy and not going back into their masculine side? That's a big question. Yeah, <laughs> this is a topic. <laughs> yes. So, like you said, there's the masculine and the feminine. And I don't mean that from a place of gender. I mean that every human being has the masculine energy and the feminine energy. And we hold the masculine energy in our head, very much in our brain, in our mind, right? So a lot of it is like, get out of your head to be more in the feminine. We hear that so often, get out of your head. But what does that mean? That means let's get into the rest of your body. Let's get into the emotional side. Let's get into the pelvis and really dig deep. Because as women, we tend to hold our emotions in our pelvis. Mm. So if you go to a yoga class and they're focusing on hips, you might be the one, the woman who in the class is thinking, oh no, my nemesis is hip opener poses. That's an indication that you might have stagnation in your pelvis and that you're holding emotions that have been unaddressed or unfinished business in your pelvis. So like it could be something as literal as an unfinished relationship. It could be trauma. It could be lack of self-confidence that we tuck in our pelvis and we hide it away there. And from an, I'm speaking from an energetic standpoint, right? But in our mind, we're always replaying that trauma, that relationship, that self-doubt, and it goes to the pelvis. So when we think about the line of energy, there's a direct line down the center of our body, if you think of it as the spinal column, it goes right from the head to the brain, to the pelvis. And so we always joke that, you know, men think with their penis, men think with their dick. It's actually women who think more with their pelvis than men do. Men are more, and that masculine energy happens to be more in the brain and in the head, where female energy we're thinking more with our pelvis when we are actually in the feminine. So what I just said might sound like counterintuitive, but it's actually our subconscious that's in the pelvic floor muscles and in the cells around the pelvis. So Deepak Chopra always says, the cells are always listening. So for feminine energy, the cells are listening most clearly in the pelvic floor and in the sacrum, in that sacral area. And you think, you know, women have a womb. The feminine energy is very in touch with the womb and that womb center. And so that is where we hold all of that stuff in the pelvic space and up to the navel where the uterus lies.
Mm, absolutely. And uh, when you talk about yoga, yes, this is so true. Uh, I remember myself when I started yoga, uh, the first session that I did, it was like an osteopathic we say that it's like osteopathic session. I was like broken down like for three days, so tired and all these emotions like was released. And actually, yes, we have so many emotions stuck in our pelvis and in the, in the high, in the upper back as well. And in the, in the neck, this is so, can be so tight here. Um, so yeah because <laughs> i actually i have I, I think about what practices i use also to activate the pelvis and i think that some of them i needed to readjust them to be more in my feminine because when you talk about women being thinking with the pelvis some meditation practices teach us to bring all this Thoughts from the pelvis into the mind, which increased yes. our masculine side, actually. So what can you say about this and what should women absolutely do in order to stay in their feminine and not like be tempted to go wild in their mind again? Yes. So I think that a great starting place is going to a yoga class and taking those hip opener classes where you're really focusing on the pelvic bone structure and opening and releasing those muscles to get more into that space, mm. right? Because we can't work from a closed space. We have to allow our bodies to open in that space. And you make a good point. A lot of yoga teachers will teach going from you know the pelvis and then they're talking their namaste stuff. And I was a yoga teacher, so I'm not being judgmental, but I was not taught to teach yoga scripture while we were focusing on a part of the body like the pelvis. We were taught to be very much in that space and releasing from that space. But I hear a lot of yoga jargon in classes and it's confusing. It's confusing the mind and it's confusing the body. Right? And not mind-body connection, but that maybe a little bit of the mind-body connection, but it is confusing to the mind. What am I supposed to be doing? What, what am I supposed to be focusing on? I can't really focus when I'm hearing all of these words and I'm supposed to be focusing on a part of my body because that's what the teacher is telling me to do. It's like the teacher is telling me to do two things at the same time. And so if we can find a class where it's mostly women in the class and it's mostly about the feminine energy and it's a hip opener class, then I think that that's a great start. The next step would be to get a little bit more creative, getting more in touch with art, music, the softness, poetry, reading a novel, reading erotica, listening to my new podcast, Between the Sheets, which is an erotic fiction podcast. Um, and then finding a dance class, dance, getting the hips to move in a more fluid fashion is going to get you into the feminine energy. When we think of, you know, the ultimate feminine and we think of someone like, um, you know, you can find your own 
ultimate feminine person, but I think of like Marilyn Monroe. I think of Audrey Hepburn. I think of um, Catherine Deneuve, right? And what do those three women have in common as being so feminine and so female to me? It's how they move and it's how they laugh and it's their facial expressions and it's actually the voluptuousness of their hips. And so to me, that's feminine. And when we think of the counterbalance of the masculine, we're thinking stoic, we're thinking, you know, the Greek sculptures of the gods and very like in their mind, you can see in that sculpture that I'm thinking of, we can see that focus in their face. And so that's more of the stoic masculine side of the energy. Mm. Right. And nowadays, this is really tricky to be more in our feminine because of the women who want to create business and, and think and have big goals and go big and blah, blah, blah. And this is mm -hmm. so counterintuitive and counter nature because we are emotional creatures who want to move and with grace and voluptuousness. Is this? Mm -hmm. Yeah, we say yes. That. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And, um, Absolutely. So what you say is that for, so the first things to reconnect more with our sexuality and to be more in touch with ourselves is to start to reconnect with our feminine side and to really stop. Do we have to have a sort of a balance? Um, I mean, if a woman is completely is her feminine energy, always creative, always in it, uh, is it good also? Or do we have to find a sort of a balance? I'm a huge subscriber to the school of balance <laughs> and a little bit of this and a little bit of that, you know, a little bit of the masculine, a little bit of the feminine, because we can't always be in right brain and creative and flowing. To me, that's like, hoo-ha, you know. <laughs> and balancing that masculine with being very confident, very educated, very get shit done, it's, it's respectful. You know, both are very respectful, but we have to be responsible at the same time as being in our feminine and in our sexy. Mm, absolutely. Yeah. You know, when we, if I were to question um, a guy who cheated on me, let's say, and I'd say, well, what's wrong with me? Why did you cheat on me with that average looking woman? I would guess that his answer would be, she's really feminine. She's really in touch with her feminine. She's able to let stuff go. She's more confident. She's not necessarily, you know, in the everyday, check the boxes off, get everything done in a day. She's focused on self-care. She's, you know, more creative. She's innovative. And so, you know, it's not always about how you look, it's how you act and how you feel. And how you feel is how you're going to put yourself out there to how you act. Mm, okay. 
uh, isn't it that stressful to hear that from a woman who is constantly in this checkbox to the least lifestyle? <laughs> It's like, okay, Nicole, I get you. I understand what you mean, but truly, I don't know how to start. I don't know mm -hmm. how to be creative, how to be in my feminine side, because if I do that, I will lose control over my life and this will be a total mess. How can we do to be more be less in the to-do list lifestyle and to start to release a little bit more without being so stressed about it or without be being scared of what bad things could happen if we do that yeah you know for the women that i talk to about this their biggest thing is i can't i don't know how i don't know where to start what if I lose control of my business, of my home? I am the manager here, I'm the boss here, and I'm the entrepreneur here. And I can relate. I'm a mom, I own a home, I am a wife, I'm an entrepreneur, I also have a side hustle. I do a lot of things and I wear a lot of hats in a day. And so it's up to me to stop what I'm doing in my entrepreneur mode, right? And my role as an entrepreneur, just turn down the computer, shut off the lights, blow out the candle on my desk and walk downstairs to the kitchen and let my hair down and be Joe Barati's wife. So it helps to have that bookend of my day. And for me, that bookend is turning off the computer, blowing out the candle and turning the lights off in the office. And so, you know, I work from home. I don't get to like pull my hair out in the driveway out of my ponytail or my bun and say, okay, now, but if I were commuting, I would have that drive home to shut off my entrepreneur head and get more into my feminine, thinking about what I'm going to cook for dinner when I get home, thinking about what we're going to do together as a couple after dinner. And so you know, working from home, as most of the world is right now, is presenting yet another challenge to getting into the feminine, because we don't have that bookend of time between the office and home. Mm -hmm. We're expected to go immediately from the home office to the kitchen. Yeah. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And do you have some ideas or some juicy things, creative things that women can do when they open the door of their home office, they go in the corridor, they go <laughs> down the stairs and then they are in the kitchen and oh, that was a really short time for me too. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I say have routine, you know, have a routine where Every day at the same time, you close that door and you go downstairs to the off to the kitchen and you do the same thing each day. Start with cleaning up the kitchen. You know, put on music. I now have an Alexa in my kitchen and I have an Alexa in the bedroom and one in the office. And I was saying to my husband, I love having the Alexa. It really um, sets my mood for each space that I'm in. So when I'm in my office, I'm listening to maybe smooth jazz. And then when I'm getting ready for making dinner, I put on something like pink. 
And then during our dinner, we listen to Pink Martini. And then we go into the bedroom later and I put on my sleeping hypnosis music, mm. which actually helps me get a better night's sleep. And, you know, a little side note on sleep, the better night's sleep that you get, the more relaxed your mind is and therefore more in that feminine space you can get. Mm, yeah. And actually you are putting a lot of um, sensual music who invites you in every area where you are to be more in your sensual space. Right. Um, I have a question for this because I, I would like to know if for you, you, um, it, you, you can always be in this more or less sensual space or if you are still triggered in some stressful situation and without thinking about it you go in your masculine side and you are grumpy and you are angry and you like really compressed in your body or if you succeed in always staying in a flowy vibe and be more like you know like Ooh. <laughs> kind <Yeah>. of <laughs> I know what you mean. So it takes practice. It takes a lot of practice. You know, I came from the fashion industry and always being very much in the masculine. We think of the working in the fashion industry as something very feminine and very soft and glamorous. It is not. Working in the fashion industry is very hard, masculine type of work. It's very analytical, it's very labor intensive. And I left that work a long time ago. I wanna say about 15 years ago, I left that work. And I started working with women one-on-one -on -one during pregnancy. And that was my practice, working with these women during their pregnancy, really trying to get them into being pregnant and being a mom. And that meant getting them more into their feminine energy and their feminine headspace. And so with me teaching it, I became better at it myself. And so now I talk exclusively about sex and relationships all day long. And you can't help but that spill into my personal life and my personal way of dealing with things. So I guess your question is, do I talk the talk or do I walk the walk? I definitely talk the talk and walk the walk. So yeah, my answer would be yes. I definitely spend more of my time in the feminine, letting go of things and being more fluid and creative, which I love. I love being masculine and in the analytical too, but I definitely enjoy spending more of my time in the creative space. Mm, yes. And um, I, I'm thinking of women who are single and who can have uh, children also and who, are, and who don't have a man to have their back. And so they are constantly is in this control mode. And this is like, oh my God, how can I figure it out on my own? What can they do? Yeah, that's super stressful. I was a single mom. I had my first child, went through the pregnancy, the birth, the postpartum, and raising him all by myself for quite some time. And I think that when I look back, 
that was probably the most stressful time in my life mm. because I wasn't only responsible for myself, I was responsible for now another human being and his livelihood and his well-being. And, you know, it was not easy. And so really taking advantage of all of the help that is offered to you, whether it's through the school, babysitters or family, taking that help and allowing some time for yourself and taking self-care. Mm. And when I say self-care, I don't mean like getting a manicure and pedicure and a hair blowout. I mean, really removing yourself from the role of the day-to-day -day and going for a walk in nature. Um, going to therapy, if that's what you need. Spending time with girlfriends. You know, we think of therapy as, well, I'm not mentally ill. You don't have to be mentally ill to go to therapy. Mm -hmm. Therapy is a form of self-care where you're just talking about your day-to-day -day and you're being heard. For so many of us, especially single moms, we're not heard. I know my children don't hear me figuratively and literally, you know, they're not, our children are not our sounding boards. Hmm. So when you live alone with just you and a child, it's, it's a, it's, it's different. It's a challenge. Hmm. It can be lonely. Hmm. Yeah. And um, so regarding everything that you, 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 you said, um, can I, uh, can I, no, sorry. <laughs> uh, how can we trigger and use our feminine energy? Actually, this, my question is much more on how can we trigger and you talk about uh, self-care, you talk about music, but previously, previously you talk about the pelvis floor and how can we, what is one thing that we can, start to do and to train because it takes time <laughs> it does take time yes and, yeah and back to the yoga philosophy of you know working from the pelvis up mm -hmm. it's the chakra system and you know they say that it takes a lifetime to get from the root chakra to the top of your head chakra which is ultimate bliss and wisdom so you could dedicate your entire life just to learning and knowing and getting comfortable in your pelvis, or you could dedicate your life to channeling upwards to ultimate bliss that is energetically resides at the crown of your head. And so I've chosen to really focus my life on the root chakra and the womb chakra. So the first two chakras. And so I'm a big fan of meditation and Kegels and breathing for the pelvic floor. They are a practice that, again, is a practice, takes time to learn, takes time to master. And if, if you start with just checking in with your breath throughout the day and taking a nice full inhale, and at the same time, relaxing the pelvis, not bulging or pushing, but just relaxing the pelvis. Then exhaling and giving a little lift, you are making tremendous strides in getting to master that pelvic energy that holds 
the feminine energy. Mm. And then to release the emotions. Yeah. Yeah, mm. yeah exactly. Mm. And this helps to, to release and to have better orgasms. Exactly. <laughs> like uh, orgasms are the ultimate uh, emotional release. <laughs> and exactly. uh, the... the do you, do you have some women who come to you and and I'm sure you have obviously <laughs> uh, um, struggling to have good orgasms and who um, who are surprised or who are ashamed to have emotional release uh, when they have sex that they start to cry or they start to be very emotional and like whoa I'm sorry I don't know what happened. And uh, how do you explain this? Yes. So a lot of clients that I've worked with over the years have told me that they struggle to have any orgasm or that they struggle to have intense orgasms or that they cry. And I say all of it is normal. If you're not having any orgasms, it may not be normal. There may be a pelvic floor dysfunction. There may be an emotional blockage. The woman who doesn't have intense orgasms, same thing. It could be normal. It could be where she is in her menstrual cycle. It could be her connection with her partner. It could be a connection with her body. It could be trauma. It could be, again, that emotional blockage. Women who are crying during orgasm and having intense emotional releases during orgasm, I say, awesome, good for you. You are at that level of ultimate bliss that resides at the crown of your head. And, you know, the more power to you. But then I would question, are they always that intense throughout your entire menstrual cycle? Or are you only having orgasms during ovulation? So when we look at the menstrual cycle in relation to orgasm, the menstrual cycle is sort of like a wave or like climbing a mountain and then um, coming down on the other side. And so your orgasms should correlate to that same climb, peak, and descend where your intensity should be at the same amount of level as your hormones. So our hormones peak at ovulation Therefore, our orgasms should peak at ovulation, where right before day one of your menstrual cycle, you should have pretty good orgasms, but some women, it is completely normal to not have intense orgasms. It's all a hormonal balance. And so women who are always having very intense orgasms, I would wonder if their hormones were always elevated and that may not be one of the best things. And this is uh, to evaluate the level of hormones. This is something you can test also with, uh, I mean, scientifically? Yes, there's something called the Dutch test that you can order online and they can do the testing at their lab. That's one of the most reliable sources of laboratory testing for women's hormones. The testing that they do at the doctor's office here in the US is not very reliable. 
it's based on your age. So you just get a score and most women fall within the normal category. So it's not the most reliable. Um, I go by symptoms. I do a symptom check checklist. And then we map out the hormones based on a woman's symptoms throughout her menstrual cycle. To me, that's the most reliable because I'm getting that feedback from the person mm, of yeah. how she's feeling, what things look like, and what direction things are going. Mm, super, super, super interesting. With mm -hmm. only on this subject, we could go for three hours. <laughs> I know, I know. I wrote a 550-page book on this topic, exactly. Yeah, and before talking about this book, I have one last question about this, is that what did you see is the main sexual release? I mean, the, rest, the, the main... Um, or orgasm or, um, uh, or feminine energy blocker? The biggest blockage of feminine energy for me with the women that I talk to is trauma, past trauma. So many women have some sort of sexual trauma, whether it's abuse by a parent, abuse by a boyfriend or a significant other, um, or it not necessarily being sexual abuse, but something that pushed a woman's confidence down. Mm. Where she was told she wasn't good enough. She was told that she wasn't pretty enough, that she'll never succeed. All the way, it's a spectrum from body image to rape. Mm. So everything that put the confidence down and that makes her feel like she's nothing and she is unable of doing nothing, especially with her body. Exactly. We are even taught from such a young age that sex isn't important for women. Sex is a man's thing and sex should be enjoyed by men. And I know that I was raised to believe that we were, our bodies were designed to, to, um, I lost my wording, but our bodies were designed to be for the male gaze. Mm. We were sexual beings for the man. We were not sexual beings for ourselves. That our turn on didn't matter. A woman's orgasm might happen, might not happen, and isn't really important. Mm. And unfortunately, we're still believing a lot of that. Mm. Yes, yes, absolutely. And I'm sure that you talk about everything in your book, The Gemma Method. So this is sex for the modern woman. Yes. Can you tell us more about this? Because I think that this is a gold mine. Uh, yeah, want to hear. <laughs> yeah, so Gemma is an acronym for Get Balanced in Your Hormones by Eating the Right Foods, Meditating, which is a lot of the meditation that I talked about. So meditation in the form of art, dance, music, but also breathing for your pelvic floor and masturbating mindfully, mindful masturbation, and of course, sex. But the sex part is, I talk very little in my book about sex with a partner. I talk a lot about sex with yourself and getting out of your head space, getting out of your head to focus more on your body and 
what you're doing and what you enjoy. Mm. Yes. Oh my God. I'm so, I'm so excited to read this book. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Yeah. And uh, this, this is very interesting because, you know, when you, we think about uh, sex coach and we think um, like the, the grand idea is that, oh yeah, they talk always about sex, but actually this is wrong because the whole sexual part is the end. And before yes. we have all the emotions and all the release to do and all the reappropriation of our body that we are born in this planet but the thing is that it's like we live in our body but we are taken away from our own body yes is, oh my god terrible i didn't write in my book about any techniques for having better sex or giving a better blowjob or anything like that i wrote all about the mind body aspects of having better orgasms mm. Which is the best, which is yes. the best because everything unfolds from this. Yeah. Yes. Mm. Absolutely. Exactly. Yeah. Wow. So good. So that was so good to have you on the, on the show today. I mean, we could stay for hours because as you talk about the subject, I'm like, oh my God, I have so many questions. How can <laughs> but first we have to read the book because I think that everything is in there and um, so to sum up everything and to to like give a sort of to-do list to the women who are um, listening to us so you you said that uh, everything is about a practice and it's on the long-term view and you have to concentrate more on your creative part, your feminine part and be more in this uh, um, yeah, feminine and concentrate in your pelvis emotional part and don't put it in your mind right away. Exactly. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so some of the practices is uh, you, you talk about the Kegel, which is so good. And I really like the, the different atmosphere that you put in every pieces of your house, every rooms of your house with the, the tone of the music. It's like jazzy and more sensual. And so you can have like different sensual energies going on in the home and that only you can feel. So that's, it's pretty good. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I actually was thinking about my next book being making your home more sexy. Oh, good. (laughs) Yes. And so not necessarily feng shui, but based on some of the principles of feng shui. And if you are interested in getting your home to a more sexy place, I highly recommend starting with a feng shui basics in Mm. your bedroom, the basics Mm. of feng shui. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. Uh, Where can people find you? I'm all over the internet talking about sex as sex talk with Nicole. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, right. And you have all the links in the description about the book as well. And uh, I mean, everything. Um, I have one last question. What would you say to your 20 year old self 
who is, uh, I mean, I, I don't know where you were, but now that you have all this background of sexual tools and of the way that you feel right now, that you appropriate more your body and that you, I mean, are fully embodied, <laughs> what can you, would you say to her and to be more in her feminine energy? So I would tell my 20-year-old something self, (laughs) 20-something-year-old self that, um, you know, to own it and to go with this and to learn the different parts of being feminine and that I was on the right track. I don't regret any of the career changes or the career moves that I went through over the last 20-something years. And so... I would say, you know, good job. You're you're on the right track. Just keep going. Hmm, great. Thank you. Thank you very much. That was a Thank pleasure you. to have you on the show. And it was so uh, nice being here. Yeah, you're welcome. So see you soon. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you so much. Bye for now. Bye.